Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Howdy, folks. It is Monday, September 19th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst, and this is the Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to be talking about design. Last week, between an ongoing Adobe acquisition of Figma and a major strategic play from Canva, it was probably one of the biggest weeks for digital design in a decade. What happened, what it means, and what the future holds, we will discuss very soon. But before we get into all that, let's take a quick look at what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Let's get crackalacking. All right, first things first, Uber was reportedly hacked by an 18-year-old who told employees about the hack in Uber's own company Slack channel. The hacker left a note saying, I announce I am a hacker and Uber has suffered a data breach. He then listed confidential company information he reportedly accessed and posted a hashtag saying that Uber underpays its drivers. All right, moving along. FedEx's CEO said the company is seeing declining shipment volume in every segment around the globe. During an interview last week on CNBC, he was asked if he believes the slowdown in his business is a sign of the start of a global recession. He said, I think so. The warning sparked a broad sell-off in the stock market, and there's actually something called the FedEx indicator. Former Fed chairman Alan Greenspan apparently had weekly talks with Fred Smith, CEO of FedEx at the time, which some considered the FedEx indicator. That's super interesting. There's the FedEx indicator, the Pret index. There are all these companies that can really kind of tell you what's going on in the micro and macro economy. Yeah, it is very interesting. Also, the White House released its first framework for developing digital assets responsibly in an effort to protect consumers. This comes as Terra founder Do Kwan said he's not on the run in response to reports that he left Singapore while facing arrest in South Korea after stable coins he developed lost some $60 billion in value overnight. And lastly, that was fast. Indian billionaire Gautam Adani who we wrote about just last week when he became the third richest man in the world, has now displaced Jeffrey Preston Bezos as the world's second richest person with $147 billion or so fortune. Elon Musk remains in the top spot with around $260 billion in net worth. And with that, Rob, let's talk design. I guess to start, in the world of design, Adobe has basically been at the top of the throne for decades. Oh yeah, top of the food chain. So if you work in a creative field, there's probably a good chance that you've used one of Adobe's products. I think Photoshop is probably the most ubiquitous one that most people Mm -hmm. know. It's a verb. Yeah, oh, totally. But I mean, besides Photoshop, there's Illustrator, InDesign. They have literally 50 other apps in their creative cloud, which is like the kind of overarching tentpole of Adobe's product suite. Mm -hmm. But despite this dominance, many analysts have pegged Figma, which is a design startup that was founded in 2012, Mm -hmm. as a serious challenger and a real threat to Adobe. 
So the punchline here to kind of tie this together is Adobe agrees. Uh, last week, they spent $20 billion to acquire Figma or announced that they're going to spend $20 billion to acquire Figma, which is just sending ripples through the design world. Yeah. So for those who may not work in this space, what is Figma? That's a great question. So I think the best place to start with Figma is their founder, Dylan Field. So Dylan Field was a student at Brown. In 2012, he dropped out uh, to accept a grant from Peter Thiel's Thiel Fellowship. Mm. Essentially, Peter Thiel gives out these grants to founders and entrepreneurs that he thinks do really interesting work. So he drops out of Brown, him and his co-founder, Evan Wallace, who is a classmate of his at Brown, bounce around a few ideas. One of them was software for drones, which sounds like, hey, maybe it could have gone somewhere one day. Another one is a meme generator, which I don't really know if it's as productive as Figma, but definitely fun. It Um, could be lucrative these days. (laughs) (laughs) Very lucrative these days. Um, But then they landed on Figma. And I think what they really honed in on was this idea that design is a team sport. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that are part of a design team that all need to work and collaborate together to get their work done. And browser-based apps make collaboration a lot easier than desktop apps which Adobe's Photoshop is one of. So Photoshop and most of Adobe's apps are what you would consider to be desktop apps. Sure. So imagine if we were editing the daily in Microsoft Word instead of Google Docs. It would be an insane headache. And I've actually seen this take place in in a previous role. I mean, basically the moral of the story here is that Field and the Figma team were completely right. Figma's growth has gone absolutely crazy. So they launched publicly in 2016 Since then, they've grown their annual recurring revenue to about 400 million, which is pretty ridiculous. Like their annual recurring revenue has pretty much doubled every year since they launched publicly. And it was starting to get big enough that clearly they hit Adobe's radar. Clearly Adobe is realizing like, this is a gap. It's not even like a new product. It's like a new way to work that like we are not optimized for. And we are going to have some trouble figuring this thing out. Yeah. And Adobe, like many big companies that dominate their industry, has a history of acquisitions, right? This isn't like their first acquisition ever kind of thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. So they have made a lot of acquisitions. This will be, when it goes through, Figma will be their third acquisition since 2020 that was over worth over a billion dollars. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they acquired a company called Workfront for $1.5 billion in 2020. They acquired a company called Frame.io in 2021 for $1.3 billion. So they're totally kind of like buying their way towards this kind of productivity-based design ideal that they're heading for. And what's really interesting, I mean, like the Figma acquisition blows those completely out of the water. Is that like $20 billion is a lot of money. And if you look at the analysis on this, it's kind of like there are two camps. Like the Wall Street side is looking at this as just this ridiculous overspend. And I think they're really kind of looking at just like the hard numbers and they're not necessarily looking at like the impact that Figma is having on the way that designers work. But if you look at all the tech investors and the VCs, like I was looking at a tweet from David Sachs and was looking at another article from Hunter Walk analyzing this. And they're all so bullish. Like they all are looking at this as like a great purchase for Adobe. So it's super interesting. Right. Are there any critiques here and how this will play out? So I think what people are really worried about in general is just that this consolidation under Adobe's creative cloud will just lead to less innovation in the design space in general. They just kind of believe that, Mm. you know, if everything is just going towards the goals of Adobe, then nobody can like work on anything different or anything interesting. Sure. 
What's interesting in Figma's case is both Adobe's chief product officer, Scott Belsky, and Dylan Field have really kind of harped on the fact that Figma is going to be given complete autonomy. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, that's kind of the biggest concern there. Nice. Well, I'm going to talk about Canva for a second now. Yeah. Uh, Switch gears a little bit to uh, what I think is, uh, in some ways, almost the bigger news in the design space last week. Maybe that's a little bit of a hot take, but Canva is one of the most dominant players in the web-based design space right now. It's worth about $40 billion after its last round of funding. It's the fifth most valuable private startup in the world behind ByteDance, which owns TikTok, uh, Stripe, Uh SpaceX, and Klarna. Wow. It's run by a husband-wife duo, which is kind of neat, from Australia. And they basically, Canva turned this design platform into a drag-and-drop medium. So that's what we were saying all the way back at the beginning, like Adobe makes great products, but they're relatively difficult to use. You can't just pick them up and start using them immediately. So Canva kind of changed that. And the craziest part is that they kind of, they just started in Australia. The company didn't, apparently didn't even like know how to raise venture capital money. They just thought of themselves as a small business and took out like government loans at first. And they just announced last week this entire suite of products. So they announced Canva Docs to compete with Google Docs. And they announced Canva Whiteboards, which will compete with giants like Miro or FigJam from Figma. Earlier this year, they also, I believe, bought Flourish, which is a data visualization platform. And so they've entered near direct competition now with a whole array of new markets and players, some very big like Google and some very small. But it's a humongously strategic move because they're going to offer all these services now under the Canva banner in-house on the Canva platform with their super friendly user experience, which I think will do really well for them. Yeah, that was a huge announcement by them. I think it just kind of like formalized their ambitions. And yeah, to your point, I mean, the Canva team has been growing like crazy. Canva could eventually have their own kind of a creative cloud, right? Like they could ultimately have their own full-blown suite. Mm, I think uh, the next big battle we're going to see in the design space is Adobe versus Canva. And bada bing, bada boom, that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in to The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Truppiano. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litters. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, what the heck are you doing? Go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co. Have a marvelous Monday, and we'll see you tomorrow.